The portion of God's word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's begin with prayer. Whene'er the precious seed is sown, life-giving grace bestow, that all whose souls the truth receive, its saving power may know. Amen. There is a truth in this parable that is highly offensive. If you end up in hell, It's your own fault. But if you end up in heaven, God gets all the credit. You get none. You get all the blame if it ends badly for you. And God gets all the credit if it ends well. Your sinful flesh and mine hates that idea. Absolutely detests it. Deep down, we find that to be the most offensive truth in the whole world. You could shake your head in disagreement. You could stick your fingers in your ears and ignore it. You could go out and you could find another truth or set of truths that's more appealing to you. It doesn't change reality. It doesn't change the fact that this one thing remains. If you end up in hell, it is your fault. But if you end up in heaven, God gets all the credit. We get all the blame and God gets all the credit. It's reality. 
And that's what this parable is. This parable is a lesson in, in reality. It begins very simply. Jesus says a farmer sows his seed. And when he explains that at the second half of the parable, he tells us very clearly, the seed is the word of God. And he says nothing about the farmer, does he? He doesn't say, oh, the farmer's the one who, who sows the seed. It's the, it's the person preaching God's word. Jesus doesn't say, I'm the farmer right now as I'm teaching you the word and there will come other farmers after me like pastors who will be scattering seed on, on hearts. He doesn't say, well, if, if you share the word of God with your kids, then, then you're the farmer. We could speculate. We, we could figure these things out for ourselves and it's all true. Whoever throws the seed, whoever shares the word of God is the farmer in the parable. But notice Jesus doesn't even address the farmer. (laughs) The focus is not on the farmer. The focus is not on me. And the focus is not on you if and when you share God's word. The focus is on the word. On the seed itself. The seed is the word of God. And the parable kind of assumes something. It assumes that you know something about the word of God. It assumes that you know what the word of God is and what the word of God does. Oftentimes the word of God is described like a sword, a sword that is living, a sword that is active. And you know what swords do. They cut. The first thing the word of God does is it cuts us open right down through the chest. And it reveals this black, rotten, dead heart that lies inside every single one of us. A heart that cannot love God and that cannot love its neighbor. A heart that is purely selfish and never selfless. Good news is there's good news. The word of God is not just a sword that cuts and reveals ugly sin. It's also a miraculous healing balm. It points us not to what we need to do to fix that rotten heart, but to what God has done for us to fix it for us. It points us to God's son, whose birth we just celebrated a little over a month ago. That God himself stepped into this world and and took on human flesh, only he never had that black, dead heart inside of him. His heart was living and and breathing all the time with one purpose as it beat, to love God and to love his neighbor every single moment of his life until one day his heart stopped beating because his blood was poured out to cleanse dirty hearts like yours and mine. And he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead to show us that dead things come to life by his power. That even that black dead heart that's inside of us from conception, that it can be brought to life. And through God's word it is. We're given a new heart, a heart that beats with one purpose, the same purpose as Jesus' heart, to love God and to love each other perfectly all the time. That's what this new heart does. The word of God is is so deep, it's so complex, but it's more than a, a, a set of stories for children. It's a sword that cuts. It's a balm that heals. It's the thing that makes dead things alive, both spiritually and will one day physically, as Jesus has already shown. The parable seems simple at first. And I guess to some extent it is. 
If you've ever planted a garden, you, you get the concept here. This is not a, a tough concept. If you throw a seed on good soil, it's going to put its roots down deep and the plant's going to grow up big and strong and it's going to bear abundant fruit with seeds 30, 60, 100 times what was put in the ground. Pretty simple concept, right? And if seed lands in, in rocky soil, it might spring up really quickly, but then when the sun beats down and dries out the soil, if the roots aren't down deep enough and rocky soil can prevent that, then the plant's just going to wither and die because the roots aren't getting nourishment when the weather's the harshest. And if you throw seed amongst weeds and thorns, there's competition. The leaves compete for the sunlight and oftentimes the thorns and the weeds grow faster than whatever you planted and so they get kind of crowded out and then that's not even mentioning the roots and the, the battle for nourishment. Plant might grow, but the chances of bearing good fruit are slim to none. It won't mature. You notice the, the focus is on the seed, not on the farmer and really not even on the soil. Because you could have the best soil in the whole world. You could have the most nutrient-rich soil with no rocks, no thorns, been perfectly tilled. But if you have no seed, you have no plant. The seed is the thing. The seed is the focal point. It's where our focus is drawn. But then something often happens when we hear this parable. We listen to Jesus' explanation and we begin to fill in the different soil conditions, which are really human hearts, different kinds of human hearts, we begin to line them up with people that we know. Maybe you have that, that sainted grandma who's in heaven now, who was always in church and was always hearing God's word and was always sharing God's word and you think to yourself, well, there's the good soil. <laughs> grandma. Grandma was good soil. Grandma was the one where the, the word was cast and, and the roots went down really deep. And even when grandma went through hardships, even when there were those difficult times when she lost her husband, when, when the farm didn't go the way that the family had hoped, when, when times were tough, grandma's faith did not wither. She continued bearing fruit. Maybe you are that fruit. Maybe you are one of those seeds as she threw the word of God on your heart and you heard it and, and roots began to grow and a plant began to sprout up and you're thinking to yourself, there's the good soil. And then you think of that distant relative. <clears throat> maybe it's an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a, maybe a, 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 a long distant cousin. Maybe it's one of your own kids. And the, the teachings of men at the university and in the world, they've been running over that heart for a long, long time. And you know what happens when Traffic runs over the same spot. It gets packed down hard. And you probably know somebody like that, somebody whose heart is hard as a rock because it's just human teaching after human teaching. And so you kind of think to yourself, well, even if I did share the word of God with them, even if I did throw the word of God on that heart, it would just bounce off and more human teaching would crush it if it, if it stayed. And, and you know what a crushed seed and a hard path is good for? Birds and chipmunks and squirrels. And that's about it. And so maybe you don't even share the word with that person anymore because you just figure, well, the devil's just going to snatch it away and what does it matter? And you probably know somebody who's the plant that grew up in rocky soil. I met a lot of people like this out west when I was serving in Laramie. 
They'd start coming to church for a while and they're super excited and they're taking Bible basics classes and this is the best thing ever and it's changed their life and they're taking me out for dinner and thanking me this is the awesomest thing ever and then the sun starts scorching on them. Something happens in their life that they didn't see coming, an unexpected challenge and the roots aren't deep and they just wither and they're gone as fast as they came. Probably know someone like that too. And then maybe one of the most common, especially in our circles, is that one family that always sat right over here and and you maybe didn't even know them that well, but they were always here with their little ones. And the kids got older and you started to notice that the cars got nicer and they were always focusing on the experiences and the kids were, were really being taken care of well, but it was all about the experiences of the kids and the quality of the cars and the security of the bank account and life's worries and riches and pleasures kind of began to choke that family out and you just never really saw them anymore and they never matured. It's not hard for us to find someone who fits all these different categories. The good soil, the rocky soil, the, the, the thorny soil, the, the, the path that's been packed down. We can, we can put someone in every one of those buckets and it's not that challenging problem is you do that and maybe you start to forget to look at yourself and ask, well, what kind of soil is my heart? And maybe you get tricked into thinking that once you're a certain type of soil that you're always that type of soil. I can attest that's not true. In 35 years of life, I've been all four. I bet you have too. Even if you don't consider yourself an academic, even if, even if you're not one of those people who went through years and years of education, I bet you've had periods of time when you've spent a lot of time watching the news or a lot of time focusing on sports and, and reading articles and it was just human traffic, one thing after the next running over your heart and you were really never hearing the word of God and this human traffic just kept running over your heart and then you went to church one Sunday and the word was thrown and It just got trampled some more by thoughts of the Packer game and whatever else was going on and the devil snatched it away and nothing happened. I've been there. And then there's been times when you got really excited about doing something, maybe a project at church or there was a new opportunity and you were involved and it was a great opportunity for you and and you were serving and and going and, and things were great and then something happened and your enthusiasm withered and Your faith was challenged, something fierce, and that just withered and maybe even died for a little bit. I bet there's been times when you've been worried and distraught and focused on the bank account and the experiences of your kids, maybe yourself and pleasure and, and riches and all this competition was preventing maturity. You been there? Definitely been there. All four. By God's grace, there's also times when good soil. When God's word is is cast on this heart of mine and on this heart of yours and God's tilted up and pulled the rocks and gotten rid of the thorns and, and the roots go down deep, really deep. And life gets hard and there's nourishment for those hard times. And you keep growing and and thriving. 
And, and then there's that temptation to worry, but you hear Jesus' words ringing in your ear. Therefore, do not worry about what you're going to eat or what you will wear or where you will live. For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And in that moment, you realize Jesus has been keeping that promise to you every single moment of your life, because here you are, alive and well. And as long as he wants you alive and well, guess what? He's going to continue to provide for everything you need, and so why worry? Your, your worry goes flying out the window. And God continues to pull those weeds and keep the soil clean and the roots go down deep, and the plant grows, and the crop is numerous. It's all about the word. It's all about the seed. And it's about your confidence that you're not going to hell. If left to yourself, if I was left to mine, that's where we would all end up. But that's not where you're going to end up. Because there is nothing in this parable that relies on you. Not a thing. You had nothing to do with the seed that was thrown on your heart. And you had nothing to do with the, the rock removal and the weed and thorn removal and the tilling. You had nothing to do with any of that. God's done it all. As through his word, he's reminded you of what's what as he's put in perspective the things that last, the, the truth about our sinful hearts and the truths that our Savior Jesus poured out his blood to cleanse these sinful hearts, that he died for us, that he defeated death, the thing we fear the most has been conquered forever, that there's already been this little resurrection that's taken place inside your heart and mind that we've been brought from death to life. The word of God makes the teachings of this world, which are theories and hunches and guesses, and maybe true, but to what end? They don't last. Puts them in comparison, puts them in perspective, and, and all the while is tilling. And God's word is, is good at removing rocks so that the roots can go down deep. It's, it's better than the finest rock removers, the, the, the rock pullers that they drag through the fields out west, better than those and better than the, the finest team of your young weed pullers as you raise your children and go out to the garden and those kids are just eager to pull all the weeds, God's word is even better than them. Pulling weeds and pruning thorn bushes so that you can thrive. You see, your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence comes from your God. The God who makes the seed and, and makes it grow the God who makes sure that the roots go down deep so that you can withstand anything in this life so that you can bear abundant fruit. And so where do we go from here? Well, we keep scattering seed. I'll be here as long as the Lord allows me, scattering seed week after week, and you get to come and, and have seed scattered on your hearts. And then as you bear a, a crop and, and more and more seed, you get to take that seed and, and you get to throw seed too. And you know that sometimes it's going to fall on a hard path and nothing will happen and sometimes it's going to spring up fast and then wither and sometimes it's going to grow but not mature because it'll be choked out and sometimes the seed you throw will, will bear abundant fruit but you don't have to worry about all the details. You don't have to stress. You just have to Join me and scatter in the seed. And so that's what we do. We scatter God's word. We share it with anyone who will listen. We throw it even on hearts that 
that maybe don't listen from time to time. And we let God do his thing and our confidence comes not from us, but from him. Christ for us. God for you. God for me. Amen.